podcast uh here today with got steel and grayson um just got done with a training session grayson that was pretty fun yeah man i really enjoyed working with trevor and you and just kind of the smaller group of guys that we've got going on at 10 30 um that's kind of a fun session yeah there's a huge group at 10 30 with john's class um started off i was just kind of pulling trevor to the side and working and then you know You've got a lot of grappling knowledge. You know, you're a brown belt, about to be a black belt. So, uh, I mean, you've worked a long time. So, and you're a good body size for Trevor. So, it it helps to get you in and Logan. And then, of course, Finney's around. But uh, that's been a good group. It's been fun for me. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've, I've always kind of wanted to help out any way I could on the MMA side. I, of course, I'm not a fighter myself. But I love the idea of contributing knowledge to our team. You know, yeah. I can make your fighters better. I would love to work with them as much as possible. Oh, and that's what – it's tough to be a fighter, man, because you're not the best striker and you're not usually the best grappler and you're not usually the best at jiu-jitsu or wrestling or really anything. So you you spend a lot of times as a pretty good fighter getting getting beat up in real specific areas until you can put it all together. So, you know, we don't have a bunch of UFC fighters, but we got – we got several guys I think will be in the UFC, but we got a bunch of guys that can compete with them in one area. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that's that's one advantage we've had to kind of push our guys is, you know, we've got better grapplers than our MMA guys and, you know, even some better strikers than a lot of our MMA guys. So, Yeah, it's kind of cool to have people that are well-rounded like our MMA fighters, but then you've also got, like, the technical specialist. Yeah. Like Lulu – and Larry on the right. striking side, and then you've got high-level grapplers, uh, a bunch of high-level grapplers at the gym that these guys can pull from. Uh, and it's kind of fun, you know. You, you kind of learn some things from the MMA guys, and then you can kind of contribute to their game. And uh, the coolest thing would be if you show somebody a technique and then they hit it in the fight. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted Look, that. I mean, it's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie. Like, it's pretty fun to almost – everybody's into fantasy football and fantasy baseball. And I'm like, everybody tries to get me in their league. And I'm like, I kind of do that shit for real. <laughs> yeah. like, I kind of do that every day. It's kind of like playing a video game every day. Like I get to put in exactly what I want. And you know, it takes a lot of time. It's rough on the body, but look, if I got a chance to do this and, and work with guys like this every day, I'm going to do it because this is what you dream about as a grappler getting to go, put this in and see if it works you know what i mean at yeah. the highest level so uh it's been fun for me it's definitely it's been an adjustment on my body even though i'm i'm doing less and less reps every day <laughs> started off me and trevor doing every rep and now it's like all right i need like <laughs> jack come in today or grayson come on somebody uh help me out a little bit because that kid's like made out of rock i mean i know he's banged up all the time too but, like, when he lands on you, it's like, and I think I, I took the worst of that, you know, like yeah. every single time. I always feel like I'm taking the worst of it. He it's is tough. a hammer, for sure. Yeah. So, 
Well, we're going to talk, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk grappling, but really, and we'll, we'll talk about getting to know you, but first let's talk about your morning class because that thing's blown up. Yeah, it really has. We actually had, uh, I think we had 19 Tuesday. Yeah. We normally average 12 to 15 guys that are pretty consistent. Um, I kind of call it the dad club because the majority of people that come in to the morning class either have one of two things. They have a really demanding job where they have to meet deadlines, you know, be there right at 7.30, 8 a.m., uh, and then they don't get off till like six and they're exhausted. You know, that's kind yeah. of a tough schedule when you're working like that. Or you're a dad that has small kids and, you know, they want to see dad in the afternoons and have that quality time. Um, but you still got to get your jujitsu in. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, the best of both worlds. They can, they can kind of hang out with their family uh, or fulfill their work needs and they can just kind of get it in in the morning. That's, that's everybody's time. Yeah. I think, you know, even for guys on third shift, sometimes depending on their shift, they can, they can squeeze in on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of reasons that you'd want to, and I can see at times in my life where I might, but I'm not at that stage anymore. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I live too far away and I'm just not really interested in seeing five thirty. Really? I don't want to be up that late and I don't want to be up that early. Yeah. Uh, still, have you made it to any five thirty? Oh, I, I need to, um, just being out of the military, I'm a. I, I like sleeping in now. I'm, yeah. I've, I was used to waking up at four, like most days, and I, I definitely need to because it seems like you got a great class. I like the. I like all the, especially the videos you're putting out. That's awesome. Yeah, it, explain that to people. So, it really kind Which, of. And remember, copyright is a thing, also. Okay. <laughs> um, it really kind of just manifested like. Uh, one of the fun things that we do in the morning class a lot is there's a lot of like creative mat time is what I call it, where training's kind of done, positional sparring and the hard work's sort of done. And it's just, you're sitting around and you're fumbling through moves. You're like, man, this didn't work. Um, and I had countered somebody's Uchimata. Jan tried to Uchimata me and throw me to the mat and I just limp armed through and I made him I made him hit the mat and everybody was like oh my gosh that's so cool and yeah. it was such a cool move that I was like well let's video it and I'll just post it to the members page you know because people think that's that's fun you know that's kind of cool people can try it um and then it kind of came to me like there's not a lot of a gogi like instructional content that yeah. we that we haven't tapped into that just yet and I was like I've always been interested in that um and I, look, it can be weird, but I've always been like, if you want to see me teach, you can come to my class. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't come to my class, I don't want you to know it because I'm planning on beating you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like if you're not one of my students, okay. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't care if you get better at jujitsu. It's not my problem. That's so I know that's weird, but it is what it is. And, and you know, everybody's got something. Um, mine's, I just prefer to just teach in person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I am here. But I do think it's it's been awesome, the videos that you've done. Like, I'm just saying, for me personally, that's why I've done it. That's why I really enjoyed you doing so. Yeah. Because y'all can do anything you want as long as I don't have to do it. I'm, I'm happy. That's what's cool about being here, too. Like, you can create. If, there, if you find a need or you find a niche that you can fill for the gym, 
people like it yeah. and accept it and it's cool. Um, it's kind of a way for me to interact with folks that I don't normally get to train with because I am here in the morning mostly or I'm here at lunch, um, not here much in the afternoon. So it's kind of cool when I'm here at the gym, you know, on a, a random day and somebody comes up to me, especially a newer person. And they're like, hey, man, that that one thing you filmed and dropped this week on our members page, like that really helped me out. And that is a super cool feeling because you're yeah. like, holy cow, I didn't even know this guy. And he took whatever I filmed that I thought was just cool that day or what I was interested in and applied it, Yeah, you know, and that's fun. Well, and, and you've turned some guys into good grapplers. I know, I know Joel now, but I really think the first day I met Joel, I was coaching him at an AGF and, yeah. he, and he was winning, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, Hey man, he's got a go rash guard. So, you know, let's go and walked him through a finish and there he went. And I was like, well, that was fun. Uh, but you've got some talented guys. Obviously, go over some of the guys that are in there and just kind of maybe some of the guys that cross back and forth. So we, we started with kind of a core group, and I was still a purple belt at the time. We were at the old East Ridge location, um, and it started off with me and just Travis Burdett, the marshal. Yeah. You know, a lot of people know him. Um, but So we were just kind of drilling, and then randomly people started just kind of walking in because the lights were on or, or whatever, what have you. Um, and so the core group kind of that started the morning class is Jan Jennings, yeah, uh, Jordan Robbs, who's mm-hmm. he teaches in the kids' class now some because yeah. his son's in there. Uh, and then Joel Wood, of course, you just mentioned Joel. Uh, and then we had another guy named Connor who's in Oklahoma right now. Um, but he was kind of in our group, and that was that was pretty cool. And then we had uh, FBI Adam. We called him FBI Adam because he was a federal agent. He just happened to be here in Chattanooga. Yeah, he was one of the first belts we handed out that I really didn't know. Yeah. I was like, this is weird. Yeah. Because he was a, a morning class guy, you know. But he was super tough. He's tough as nails. Yeah. And we liked him a lot. But, um, yeah, that group kind of started with me. I guess it's been three years now that we've had the morning class. Um, or maybe a little bit over, but they started with me and just started training and it started off kind of, I would just want to drill stuff that I was interested in and I just needed bodies. Yep. So they were kind of like my grappling dummies for a while. And then they actually started to catch on and I'd show them stuff and somehow other people just started trickling in and it turned into, well, I'm just going to teach the class. Cause it used to be just like a drilling live session for me to get more rounds in, yeah, um, get more mat time. And then it started off, you know, newer people started coming in and they didn't really know anything about grappling. It was their first jujitsu class ever. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, i got to show these people some stuff, you know, and uh, it just kind of blossomed from there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's been fun watching it grow. It blows my mind when you'll, you know, you'll text me like, hey, we had 22 in class or something, you at 5.30, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah. A lot of what you guys have been doing is taking a video and breaking it down. Like, how's that worked? And are you still doing that very often? Or uh, Yeah, so we, we kind of have this structure where um, I call it find the deficit. So I'll spend a week, sometimes two weeks, um, testing just the class itself, kind of the, the student body of what are you good at? And what are you terrible at? And so we'll do hard positional sparring rounds um, with varied levels of resistance. 
And then we break down at the end of the session, okay, what was the worst? And like what we're on right now is bottom half guard. Nobody could do anything in bottom half guard. They were like, I just got passed. I got destroyed or I got submitted. And so we go through all the positions that are common in jiu-jitsu, whether it's standing, leg locks, bottom half guard, escapes. And we pick just the worst thing that everybody collectively as a group is bad at. And then we find an instructional or something we can kind of, everybody can follow along with. Um, And we kind of just build our class around that. And normally it's in eight week blocks. So we'll train for eight weeks on a certain topic. And then we kind of battle harden it. So we'll do a two week intensive where all we're doing is hard positional rounds in that spot. So now you've gotten the knowledge for eight weeks you're very familiar with the concepts that we're going over. And now it's time to kind of put rubber to the road and, and kind of retain all that information and, and apply it. Um, and what I found is that really ups the retention level of students. Um, a lot of the times, you know, you'll go to a seminar or something and the guy will show something really cool, but then a month later you're like, oh man, I, I can't remember what he actually showed. I just remember it being awesome. This way, you're actually building skills. So you're starting from zero, and then you're just gradually building up from there. Um, That's kind of the format we normally follow. But then, of course, we also have kind of fun times where um, we, we sort of just brainstorm. We're like, hey, let's explore this position for a week. Um especially during the holidays or when things are kind of sporadic, especially towards the end of the year, we'll do that. We did two weeks where we just kind of played around with Barambolo and watched different Barambolo videos and like, how do you do that? And uh, so it was kind of like a, that creative collective class. And that's, that's really fun to kind of just shake things up every once in a while too. Yeah. It's been fun. I know one, you know, I think probably because it's at such a weird time, it's a tight group and you know, I don't ever want to be clickish. You don't, you know, everybody can get in the group, but it's good to have a tie group. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. You know, it's great to have guys that know each other and kind of hold each other accountable. And that's that's one thing I've definitely noticed about that 530 a.m. class. And they probably think they're a little better than us because they're, <laughs> they're up early. Um, but uh, kind of shifting gears, how has this affected? Because, you, you know, like you said, you weren't teaching. So how have you seen it kind of affect you? shifting to teaching does Um, it affect your jiu-jitsu and just overall so it definitely has affected my jiu-jitsu in the way that i can analytically break something down so even when i'm in a in a class and it's you or who stacy or whoever's teaching i can kind of apply it really fast yeah um, because i'm used to kind of instructing others so taking instruction is just super simple now for me. Um, that's kind of cool. That's sort of made my. I'll be better. honest. That's a new thing because yep. look, the thing I knew about you, and we'll we'll talk about it now. You came in as a very young blue belt, not real prepared, and then me and you spent a good year, maybe two years, building your game. Remedial blue belt. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, there hasn't been anybody 
until this new batch that I've spent this much time on. I spent more time on you than I have until Trevor and Finney. You yeah. know what I mean? So you were the best example for a long I – mean, you're still a great example of, of like what I believe in jiu-jitsu and all that, but you're the only example for a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't trying to teach. You know, like yeah. you were – I just couldn't take grappling with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you were doing me and you did privates, and then we we worked a bunch. Yeah, in and out of privates, in and out of class. But you've always been better in a private situation than you were a class situation. Was kind of my point. Like, I never felt like you retained a whole lot in class. You were just too busy doing, you know, other things. Yeah. And then when you get one on one, you it would click with you real quick. So it is funny how I mean, I think a lot of that. Teaching changes kind of how how you understand jujitsu, the level that you understand. Really, any topic doesn't matter. Still, you've taught firearms. Yeah, it's it's the same way with firearms. Once I, you know, learning them when I first, you know, got in the Marine Corps, um, I had a very base understanding of it. But as I, you know, built my built my skills up and started instructing and teaching other people, you you kind of it, it kind of forces you to see the small details and stuff, um, and it, it definitely changes the way you shoot and. I could see it with jujitsu as well, um, how it, you could just retain all those small details to make your game that much better. Yeah, for sure. It's almost like accelerating your learning because yeah. you're teaching other people, you know? Yeah, I, I, what I've told people is like, you 100% get a bump on the front end because you're thinking at it at a level that you've never thought of it before because it doesn't take that to do it, mm-hmm. you know? It, yeah. You can just be in, in general correct. But to teach it, you definitely have to understand. But then I personally had it drag me down for a long time, my progress in jiu-jitsu, because I was so focused on everybody else's progress. There is, yeah, there is kind of a negative, I wouldn't say negative, just kind of a, a, a fact that when you start to pour your effort into other people, especially when you're like coaching them through roles or you're watching positional sparring and you're not participating yourself because – you want the new guy to to get the concept you just yeah. put across to him. Um, that kind of burns into your training time. Um, thankfully, most of my training partners in the morning will allow me to, to be a group of three. I'll just hop in and at least be able to get some rounds. So I don't suffer from that too, too much. And then, of course, like the supplementary, su- supplementary training that we just did yeah. really helps me because – it's not on me to run the class. It's just a, either a technical session that we're all going through or a brainstorming that we're all going through. And it's not people looking at me like, hey, what's next? What are we what Yeah, are we I tend to like getting my roles in the 12 o'clock class because, man, sometimes by the time I'm done on Monday, Wednesday, I, I'm shot. Yeah. You know, like – trying to look at everybody and you got 50 or 60 people there and you're trying to make sure everybody's right and answer questions and and then you're like oh now i gotta roll it's like i just can't get my brain shifted sometimes fast enough and i i mean i love grappling but that's the toughest time for me to grapple is right after i've gotten done doing that like if it's a fresh day where i can just walk in that's really fun yeah um and i've really enjoyed the I've enjoyed working with a smaller group and really getting to play with the MMA more because, you know, jujitsu. There's only so many variables, so once you cut those out, there's only so many ways of doing it. But you start adding punching, kicking, knees, elbows, 
into all that, it's pretty fun. And, oh, yeah. and I've, of course, I came from that, and then I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, but now I'm getting to play it every day. And, I mean, I can definitely – I'm getting that bump in that area that I hadn't got to. You know, where jiu-jitsu is basically me pouring out, you know. It's just me giving. But this has been fun because it's like, oh, it probably made me a little better, you know. It's also super rewarding, though, to me teaching, like, taking somebody that couldn't wrestle their way out of a paper bag – and then four months later, they're a different person. Yeah. They feel better about themselves. You can tell in their confidence and just their demeanor. They feel more capable. And then you also watch them on the mat, and they're they're doing well with the blue belts now. Or they're beating up the new guy that just came in, and that's not them anymore. You know, oh. that's really cool. Dude, I got a couple of kids, and I, I'm not going to name names today. I'll name names at some point or have them in, but. Yeah, I'm watching guys that not super athletic. I know probably never did a sport, and they're putting it on some guys now. I mean, like really putting it on some guys and competing with guys that I, you know, on paper look like they're way better athletes. And like you said, it's kind of addictive. It's fun. Like when you can start getting these guys to where they're they're winning and doing well. I mean, I've always done real well at a lot of that stuff. So. Um, it, it probably – I didn't take it as a win. I just took it as good I didn't lose. Yeah. You know, like anything I've ever done, it's like I was supposed to do that. And so you don't feel real good about it. But yeah. when you get these guys winning that you're, you're excited about, it, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the coolest aspects of teaching to me is kind of taking people under your wing and sharing knowledge and then watching them grow. And then they're helping the other guys come along. Sure. You know? And that's that's kind of a cool way to, to look at it when you're building a culture. And I think that's sort of what we did in the beginning. You know, yeah. you and Stacy destroyed us all, and then you, you built us all up to be good grapplers. I mean, look, if I'm being honest, the, what the mentality was, we have to get our roles in and we have to get better. And then if y'all aren't good enough, we got to sh- teach you enough to get you good enough so that we can keep getting better. <laughs> yeah. So your progress had to keep coming along because I had to get, keep getting better. Yeah. And if you couldn't give me a role, I had to fix. And I think that probably did help us. Like the way I've, I've looked at it and the way I teach my class, I teach you my absolute best. And so, and it's just my best, not somebody else's best. But what that does is everybody knows what I'm going to do. There ain't no secret. So I either have to be really good at it or I have to have a little trick under, you know, yeah. under my sleeve that you might not know about. Yeah. And that, I think it's made me constantly evolve because every time I would get some part of jujitsu down, I'd give it to Grace and I'd give it to those guys. And then, I don't know, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Well, now i got to figure out how, to, <laughs> how do I get past that. That's really, I think, maybe been – because I just never was in class. I mean, me and Stacy trained together, but I've told people I probably haven't done 25 classes in my life. And I Dang. I probably haven't been tapped 25 times in my life. Jeez. And but a lot of that is because I started early, you know, and I've I've had a bunch of I've had injuries that's kept me from competing 50 times, you know, but I've I've won most of the local stuff, you know, or if I lost it was on a point. It's just kind of the way it worked. When you start early, and and it's just just yeah. kind of the way it worked. But it's really fun when you start having those guys make progress on you. 
mm-hmm. I, I like being caught because that means I just taught that guy pretty well. Yeah, yeah. and it forces you to kind of adapt and get better yourself. You know, yeah. and you're like, hey, I need to, I need to widen this skill gap again. I'm gonna, you know, do whatever. Yeah, I mean, it it does make you keep pushing. And then there's the point where you, you pretty much hit the max, and you're like, oh, crap. It ain't ever getting any better. <laughs> so he's uh, only going down from here. Um, talked about a couple of things. One, I wanted to point out that you guys grew up together. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what was what were you guys like growing up, and what was it like growing up? Because uh, I'm going to talk about your kids. You're about to have two, and, okay. and you've just got one. But first, y'all were kids together. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, when we say that we were kids together, it was like first grade – same t-ball team we'd be over at each other's houses all the time um especially after like little rec baseball games or whatever i think we were on the same basketball team one year i think we've we've been on several if not close to all the childhood sports teams together literally Um, everything yeah starting out at like t-ball um and then you know evolving straight into like wrestling through middle school and um, high school um man i still i still have pretty uh fond memories of all the crap we used to get into. Oh man, you know, we, camping twenty four seven. Yeah, we we had it set up so good, especially the first like two years in high school. Um, I ended up kind of going down a different path junior year, but freshman and sophomore year, we would go wax some team because we won state both years. We were really good that those first two years. We would just go wax a team, and then get straight off the bus, and everybody would come to my house build a big bonfire and like stay up all night with all of our buddies from the wrestling team. And then we'd always have a big breakfast and everybody would come home. Those are some cool core memories for us, you know? And, um, I kind of found the wrestling team by mistake because I tried out for basketball my sixth grade year, didn't make the team. And it just turned out like a mutual friend of ours, his name was Tucker. He just kind of told me in the hallway one time, hey, man, you should really try wrestling since you're not playing basketball. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know anything about wrestling. And I went to that first practice, and it was like I was no good. You know, I lost every match that year, but I I got addicted. I was like, this is for me. And kind of just kind of blossomed from there. And, and we were always on the same team ever since. Mm-hmm. I'll share a really funny story. Um, <laughs> you don't know what I'm about to say, but – uh, one time we were all cutting weight because back then you didn't have hydration tests. You didn't have, hey, we care about this kid's health or whatever. It was just. Yeah, make the weight. Yeah, make the weight. Lose 25 pounds. It doesn't matter. Um, and so Steele particularly had it really rough our freshman year. He would cut from like 120, 118 all the way down to 106. And it was a it was a nightmare to watch. I was cutting like maybe ten pounds, but he yeah. was cutting, you know. And so every week he would just blow up by eating a ham sandwich. <laughs> oh yeah, I was the most undisciplined weight cutter when I was <laughs> my sophomore year. That's still like the the lowest point in my life for sure. <laughs> I the, the weight cut was terrible. I'll never forget. I'll be seventy years old. Uh, still remember this, but our coach was a very like, it, he was a wrestling coach you would have found in, like, 1980. Like, he just had no bedside manner or, like, understanding of, hey, this kid's this way. He yeah. was just like, you do it, you know. And uh, 
he made Steele put on like three hoodies, two sweatpants, and like it wasn't enough. He still wasn't losing weight. And so they put on like latex gloves, layers of latex gloves so yeah. that he would sweat through his that's, hands. That's the trick. There's a lot yeah. of sweat that comes from your hands. Yeah. yeah. And so like by the time we got done with that session, he had lost so much weight he looked like Gollum. His fingers were like deformed. And we just Yeah, I think I was having a heat stroke. Man. I think we carried you to the shower and just put you under the cold water because yeah. we were so afraid that you would die. Like it was it was hilarious. People are idiots. Yeah. You know, like I'm not gonna get into high school sports. <laughs> But there's a point, there's a reason you have some coaches. Oh, yeah. You know, and and when school systems are like, oh, we don't hire coaches, we hire teachers. Teachers don't know how to coach and don't know how to do some stuff safely. Yeah. And man. idiots also don't know how to do some stuff safely. So idiots and people that don't know what they're doing shouldn't coach. It was a rough, it was a rough um, kind of culture at, at the wrestling team we were on. Like, it was very rigid. Yeah. In my opinion, some people had good experiences, right? But then, yeah. like others, didn't. Well, just in general, man, high school sports are. I really feel like they've gone downhill overall. There's still some places where it's it's like it used to be, but I feel like it used to that was a profession. You know, a guy was serious yeah. about, and now it's just like whatever idiot they can get in there. A lot of times, yeah. You know, my wrestling coach in high school though, he was a good guy. And honestly, one of the few that I felt like looking back, he still, I think, he cared about us. There's only, you know, one or two uh, that I felt like really did. And But he had never wrestled in his life. He's like, yep, first wrestling match I've ever seen, I was the head coach of. And that's pretty much how it went. <laughs> yeah. And I I remember my, my best friend at the time, he was always in trouble, and I kind of had to quit hanging out because he's just having issues. And he's like, hey. Got my grades together. I'll be the 205 or 215 or whatever. You'd be the heavyweight. And then I show up the day before the match, and he don't show up because his grades are bad. So then I'm stuck on the team, and he's gone. And they gave me two little – first they gave me a partner to, to wrestle. Yeah. And he was really easy. So the coach just gave me another one to wrestle at the same time. And I'm like <laughs> – I don't think this is the same thing, man. <laughs> I feel like the Princess Bride. It's yeah. like it's different moves, bro. <laughs> like I can't be expected to beat one big guy. I've been beating two sh- crappy guys, you know. But it uh, was so dumb. And then he ran me for like an hour and a half the first practice. And you know, heat's all the way up. Towels are blocking all the doors. And we get done, and he's like, "I've never had a heavyweight make it through that before." And I was like. I didn't know it was an option to stop. I didn't know I could quit. I thought I'd just, like, if you told me just stop and then, okay, I'll just stop. But I wasn't, I've never been good at quitting. But uh, growing up in that town, you know, and even being on that team, we've got fun stories and memories. Yeah, there's, there's so many. It was a good place to grow up. I feel like it was um, relatively safe. So, like, we always were okay to walk down the, the sidewalk or go into town with a bunch of friends as sixth graders or, you know, it wasn't super dangerous or anything. And um, so that was a blessing for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it was, it was kind of smaller. So everybody sort of knew everybody. Um, it wasn't like crazy socially overwhelming. I did get a little culture shocked going to college afterwards. 
because I was like, whoa, there's a lot of diversity that I've never seen before. Uh, oh, man. That's the most lily white chicken pong was about as. Yeah. I mean, I mean legitimately. And even when I was in school, this area has just never had very many, very much diversity. Mm-hmm. Like Northwest Georgia just never did. Yeah. So it wasn't just nobody to meet. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially um, being in Chickamauga, the diversity was, you know, 99.9%. That's why y'all's football team sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we're so slow. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's <laughs> yeah. a very high chance that your teacher at any given time could be friends with your mama or yeah. know your grandma or yeah i think like most that. of our teachers at gordon lee taught my parents as well yeah yeah, yeah it's different um and it's it's fun but it was really strange to me and of course i knew you in high school and i didn't know you in high school but the fact that y'all knew each other so well during that time i, I just find it really interesting i mean it is a small world and obviously we're we're a small town yeah uh, but it's just funny yeah. yeah i can i can vividly remember you uh I guess it was like our, probably our junior year. It's when you were what, 17 or so. Yeah, 16. Kind of transitioning 15. from wrestling to solely jiu-jitsu. Um, I was kind of I was kind of jealous at the time, but I, I knew I just had to keep wrestling. But I guess looking back on it now, I, I definitely wish I would have started when you did. Well, it was super weird too, right? Because like, I went from this is my friend group. These are the people I grew up with on the team. We've always been on the team. And now I'm going on a different path. I don't know anybody. I and did that too. Yeah. My last two years, I, I got really into strength and conditioning, and I didn't hang out with anybody. I was I was with adults. Yeah. I was going places yeah. with like the top strength guys around. Not nobody in high school. Yeah, that was me. You know, so like, um, I still stayed in touch with like Steele and a couple mm-hmm. of, couple of other guys. I've I've had a friend that we're we've always been tight since third grade, and we still are. So, you know, I had him to hang out with. But for the most part, it was get out of high school, come to the gym. And, you know, you guys were primarily my friend group. And y'all sort of, in a way, raised me. Yeah, for sure. Like in the village, you know. Yeah, you got great parents. But, yeah, we've been around you too much to not do that. So now your parents, or you're a parent, still is. You're about to be times two. Times two. (laughs) So, uh, tell us about the twins coming. Man, uh, so they're due to I was in Cancun for the, well, one, I'm probably just not doing very many baby showers. I'll give you a present. Yeah. But that's for, that's for a woman. Uh, oh, <laughs> but I was in Cancun. I probably would have went because it, for you, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't in town. So you would have got, got a baby shower. You, you're close. So tell us what's going on. You would have gotten, um. Free Clumpy's ice cream. There we go. I probably would have gotten yeah. it. Yeah, you would have enjoyed this one. But, um, no, yeah, we just had the shower. Their technical due date is November 8th. But, of course, twins don't ever go to their due date. So it could be anywhere September, October. We're really hoping more October. The further they can go, the better. Yeah. You know, we're trying to um, stay out of that NICU. Hopefully they can grow big and strong to, to avoid the NICU if we can. Both of my kids came five weeks early, and neither one went to NICU. That's good. Were, That's good to hear. They look like a spider monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I've got a boy and a girl on the way. Um, the boy, every ultrasound we've ever had, he just hangs out. So I think he's probably got my laid-back sort of demeanor about him. Um, 
the girl is like all spirit fingers. So I'm kind of expecting to raise a cheerleader, a glitter girl, because she is just kicking and super active. Like a lot of inferences from an ultrasound. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, I mean, there, there really are some things that you can take out of it. I'm not. I'm I'm kidding with you, but yeah, yeah, you can tell. There's some things you can tell. But it's really changed my perspective on a lot of things now that two little humans that are mine are coming into the world. You know, um, no one of them being. It's kind of affected my training in a way where I used to train for sport and for fun, and now I'm looking more into, hey, I've got a family to protect. Yeah, and I need to be healthy and strong and capable and so that's kind of why i've started putting more range time in and and started developing um just a more longevity type game because i want to be around be able to run around with them and not be broken and i also want to be able to show them how to use firearms correctly and teach them jujitsu and and make them capable little human beings when they're small yeah for Um, sure well i I think you know, just having them around the gym has always been fun. You know, it's, it's, you're right. This is about self defense as much as anything. We, I did it like you. This wasn't, nobody was coming and threatening me. You know, <laughs> I was pretty yeah. big already. So, you know, it was about sport and being in shape and friends, but you start taking it more serious, you know, as you get kids and things change. So, still, I know you came at it from the other side. You were coming at it from the military and now you might be, having a little more of a sport feel, but you've got a, a little girl, so. Yeah, getting into it, I was already, already had my daughter, um, and I was following, you know, sport jiu-jitsu before I even started training, so I was, I've always been into that, but I, I definitely think the self-defense side is incredibly important. I, it's crazy, like, it's like a light switch. As soon as I had my daughter, it's, your life completely changes. Your, uh, your priorities are here one day, the next day, uh, it's, it's all towards them. So, um, I think my anxiety definitely went up because <laughs> now I'm always just trying to go into proactive plans to make sure my daughter's taken care of. But yeah, it's, um, I, I pray that as mine gets older, I can, she'll be in and out of the gym, um, training. Yeah, but, man. And I think that's what makes all the difference these days. I mean, there's not anywhere else that you can learn to really make your children bullyproof. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. whether it's bulletproof or just tough in general. Yeah. You know, like, I've said it before, but it's going to be such an advantage to be somebody tough in, like, 2040. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2040, 2050, when everybody's pussies. Oh, yeah. If you're the one tough guy left, you're going to rule the place. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, when we're old and out of the way, like, that next generation, it's just going to be, like, five guys that are like, oh, wait, no one is capable of doing anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you think about, look, AI and that stuff. And AI is going to take, it's going to, it, it's like a game changer. You know, all the, you can plan for the future all you want. Yep. But it's not going to be what you planned because we just can't see how it's going to look. Mm-hmm. So you have to be, instead, you should invest on skills that are going to transfer no matter what happens. Yeah, it seems society is just, you know, with all the new technology, everything, just being able to live is getting easier. And, um, I think being tough in the future is definitely going to be a game changer. And even just mentally tough. <laughs> yeah. You know, like 
That's probably the biggest the biggest thing. I've been in so many meetings. I was in education. Again, it's not a bunch of tough people. Mm-hmm. And so we're in these meetings, and we're having – they would talk about having critical conversations or uncomfortable conversations. I'm like, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm fine. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and so I would just absolutely scare people because I just wasn't uncomfortable. But I'm like, well, you're not 300 pounds, and you're not trying to squeeze my face. Or choke me to death. So it's kind of hard to get intimidated or scared, you know? It's a superpower in its own way. Just the fact that you're so comfortable at awkward times, it it almost makes people uncomfortable at some point, mm-hmm. um, which you don't want to do, but I, that's not my problem. That's your problem. You know? <laughs> it is definitely an advantage to where you're like, hey, um, I'm kind of used to people trying to smash my face. And so, like, us just talking in this boardroom right now, isn't crazy to me because I'm used to keeping people that are 250 pounds off of me. Yeah. And if if this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you is us sitting in this meeting, it was not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So, you know, it is a big deal for you, but it's not a big deal for me. And having that in your pocket is, is a big advantage. And it's one of those things you want to give your kids. For sure. I mean, they, you want them to be just, kind of bulletproof in that area, you know? And just the discipline to stay consistent at something. Yeah. I feel like kids these days, I feel old saying that, but kids around the younger age these days, they just, their attention is everywhere. You've got stuff like Coco Melon and things like that where what's the next best thing? What's the next best thing? And instead of focusing in on a skill, whatever that skill is, it's just... I dab a little bit here, dab a little bit there because I'm bored, you know? Yeah. And if you're willing to invest in something and stay consistent, that's going to be a huge game changer for when they get older. Yeah, that and getting teaching them to learn because school's stupid. I mean, school's in general stupid. You're putting 25 kids in a room and thinking they're going to learn at the same pace. Well, a third have already learned it. A third aren't ready to learn it. And maybe a third are learning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that's at best, and it, it's usually three quarters of the room already knew it and could have went on, but we're staying back for the one quarter for the next month. Yeah. So it's a waste of time if you know. I understand you're doing it if if you got to babysit same reason, but you should focus on what you want your kid to learn, and really, it's a learning how to learn because again. You've got Google for everything else, so you don't need to be able to look stuff up. And now you got chat GPT, so you can just ask it a question. It's going to give you the answer. But being able to, you know, make good questions, you know, can you even have good questions? But teaching a kid to learn, to solve problems, to get beat and to come back, to lose and to win later, all those things jujitsu teaches you, those skills transfer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, you know, who won what battle or who made what scientific discovery or at what time, none of that matters because you can Google it. The stuff you can't Google is grit, determination, you know, that that kind of stuff, humility. Critical thinking. Critical thinking. And that's we're going to have an epidemic of, of not having critical thinkers. Absolutely. Um, what do you guys see with your kids? I mean, obviously your your daughter's not, not really in school, but mm. – What's it been like teaching her? Just 
And, honestly, it's it's been super. She, she, I'm blessed that she is the way she is. She's she picks up on things really fast. Um, and so far, it's been it's really been a besides like her first few months. It's 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 been a cakewalk with her. Um, she's determined. She's determined to learn. She's always she's in that phase where she's just trying to figure out what everything is. Um, but yeah, she's catching up quick. Um, I love it. It goes by in a blink of an eye. It seems like just yesterday she was born. That's one piece of advice for sure is don't take it for granted. Enjoy enjoy even the, the hard times because it'll all be over quick. Um, yeah, man. I've heard but, that a lot. Oh, gosh, man. Yeah. I'm at Jack 16. I was like, wait, you were six not very long ago. And I really feel like six was just not that long ago, but it was 10 years ago. So it's it's a it's a wild time, but um, let's talk about jujitsu a little bit. Obviously, you know you're trying to teach your kids, but you're still trying to learn too. I mean, definitely, you're you're about to hit black, but I know black's just kind of a marker in this run. We're we're in this thing for the long haul. So, what are your goals in jujitsu, and what are you looking to do kind of the next couple of years? Uh, so, you know, my main goal in jujitsu is to just be constantly being a student of the game so i just enjoy being a student of jiu-jitsu enjoying that part of my life um and teaching others too i want to be a better instructor i want to continue molding the next set of people to come in to a gogi and and just be a good example of what a good tough a gogi grappler is you know um i do have some competition goals you know i I try to at least compete once or twice a year just to see where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and so that's always going to be in the back of my mind, even though it's not, you know, I'm not trying to be a, a world beater, world champion. Um, but, you know, I do enjoy the local competitions around the Southeast. Um, I think probably one of the biggest goals that I have is to build a game that is longevity friendly um, because for the longest time I've just had such a young man's kind of game where it's very fast paced and a lot of leg locks and the new meta type stuff. Um, but with this injury, it's kind of given me a different perspective where I'm like, Hey, I want to be able to run around with my family after jujitsu. And I also want to wake up in the morning and not everything pop. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's, <laughs> it's not your fault. So we were, uh, we were rolling when it happened. I hate that because I don't typically hurt very many people, but also not very many people try to leg like me. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he's good enough to, to get there, so I, I had to get up. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to be there anymore. Uh, uh, but, yeah, man, look, I love all parts of jiu-jitsu, including legs, but that that's one thing that constantly plays in my mind is I need to be able to do this every day and – Every day that I, I'm risking a, an ACL or an MCL, and people can say it all they want, but that tendon pops way faster than a shoulder or anything else. It just does. It's just a shorter distance. Yeah. And I I remember when it first happened, like the next day, I think Danny and I went out somewhere downtown, and, you know, I was sort of hobbling around. It was still really sore. And thankfully, I did have my concealed carry on me. Yeah. I, I try to take it everywhere I go just to be safe. Um, but I did have this weird thought that was like, hey, I'm I'm kind of 
exposed right now. Like if, if I had to run or double leg somebody or snap their head down and take their back to, to hold them, like that's not as easy as it would normally be for me. So I felt a little naked and I was like, I don't want to ever feel like that again. You know, I'd much rather change my game to be efficient and safe and just as good, Yeah, you know, and be able to walk home. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, you're a smart guy, but it is perceptive because I've been there. Like when my neck surgery happened, I'm thinking I've pretty much been able to walk down almost any straight I've been on and I'm not worried, you know, who I'm not. But right now, I couldn't have beat anybody, you yeah. know, and you're thinking, and most of the time I'm armed, but when you're not, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I couldn't do anything right now. And then you think, how do people live with this every day? How could I couldn't take it. I was literally just thinking helpless. that. Like, how could oh, you? <laughs> I couldn't imagine not knowing anything or having a, a weapon out in the world today because it's crazy. You know, I think about like back before, you know, like modern medicine, just like simple, you know, sports related industries could um, in, injuries could just that's it. It puts you out of yeah, life. Oh, you're yeah. dead. So yeah. you go. I mean, one good compound fracture. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, anything can put you out, man. Even like I, I've said, but like my senior year, the top of my toe was touching the back of my calf. I tore it upside down and backwards. How they fixed that in 1999 versus how they fixed that in 2023 is way different. I mean, I still get – if I show the doctor that to this day, they can stick two fingers in my ankle, and then they're, like, spending an hour trying to figure out how I'm walking. I'm like, I don't know, man. It was 99. <laughs> they just did the best they could. But, you know, medicine's changed. All that stuff's changed. But, yeah, it's – I couldn't handle it. I'm too much of a control freak to walk out and walk down the street and not be able to take care of myself. But um, it is one of those things you want, you want folks to come in and and obviously, man, we're, we're having a great response. If you're pulling 20 people at 530 AM, people are listening and they're, they're coming in and training, but yeah, we got to keep it up because it's only getting worse. It ain't get, I'm not the negative guy. I'm not the guy that's like, Oh, the sky's falling. You got to, people have tried to get me to use fear to get people to train for years. You know, everybody's like, oh, man, the more you scare them, the more, more they're going to train. And I'm like, that's not why I'm training. So, yeah. but right now, bro, <laughs> if you ain't a little scared, between all the UAP stuff and government stuff and election stuff, it's like, have some food, have some water, have a gun, have some basics. Like, just be smart so that you don't get caught in a situation like COVID where you don't have toilet paper or food. Yeah, at least have a plan for, for everything. Yeah, sure. that's, to me, that's just a strong society in general, capable well, people. We're a weak society with a lot of incapable people. Yeah, yeah, yeah unfortunately. It's, it really. It's only getting worse. And uh, that's why it's important to have guys like you that are, you know, younger, that have abilities to, to kind of keep going. Hopefully I'm not, <laughs> hopefully I'm not the last batch because there needs to be y'all coming behind. Yeah. Otherwise it's done. Yeah. Um. Anything else? I mean, we've kind of randomly talked other things, but what else are we going to talk about? But uh, I know we've got some more training to do today. Oh, let's talk fiber. I'm sorry. Um, you know, one of the things I I want everybody to be, you know be successful, obviously, but doesn't have to be in MMA or or jujitsu or anything like that. I mean, 
you've gotten into fiber the past few years. You did it with me a little bit. I got out. Now you're running the whole – you've basically got the same job I had at one point. Yeah, it's super weird kind of how God just puts you in different roles um, with different people. But I originally went – so graduated Gordon-Lee High, went straight to Dalton State because back then it was, hey, go to college, and that was really – what you did you know back in our graduating class so i went um i knew i was good at science i'd always been really good at science so i just enrolled as a biology major um unfortunately my advisor wasn't super good me and my parents kind of like hacked it to where i could graduate in four years because i you know studied through the summer and didn't really take a break but um so graduated with my uh, environmental science degree and um got a job with the state of Georgia doing environmental science um, and public health. So basically we permitted all of the wastewater, all of the soil permits, um, inspected restaurants, did the FDA food code, enforced the federal food code laws. Um, and then I was over the rabies program, which was pretty interesting because I got to, uh, I get to interact with a lot of different animals, just People have really strange things. You would really never know um, what people have until you start driving up to people's houses and, <laughs> hey, did your bat bite somebody? Or you have a fox back there? Uh, <laughs> is it vaccinated? Um, and so I got to do that, and that was pretty fun. Um, but, it, you know, it kind of turned out the way – like there wasn't a lot of advancement in yeah. that role, you know, because you have these people – They've been there since they were my age. Now they're the supervisors of their county or whatever, and they're in their 40s, and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So, you know, you get a couple bumps and certifications, but you top out, and that's really kind of you're stuck there. Um, And I didn't really want that for myself. I wanted somewhere that I could grow and develop into more of a professional. Um, So I started looking around, and they're really – there just wasn't a lot of biology or environmental roles in this area. You know, it was like all in Colorado and California. And by that time, you know, Danny and I had been married and kind of settled down into the area and weren't planning on moving or anything. Um, And so I remember when you got me into the fiber industry, we were literally about the train. I walked in, I was changing. You came in you were like, I'm super stressed. Like this job is killing me. And I was like, I, I hate my job too. I'm looking for another <laughs> job. Uh, and you were like, well, would you want to like help me out and be kind of like my, my guy that I can lean on for stuff uh, in the fiber, fiber world. And I was like, dude, I'd totally do that. Um, and I think we were just shooting, shooting the crap a little bit in the locker room, you know, just kind of, Kind of I already knew I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew I was doing it. I already, um, so I took, I left the school system and I wasn't quite ready to, because we were doing all the construction. I wasn't ready to go full time here because it wasn't, it wasn't making enough. So Robert's like, Hey, I got this small company. You could probably run it in 10 or 20 hours a week, make some extra money and then have plenty of time to work at the gym and get the range done. And I was like, well, that that, sound, that sounds good because I was working, you know, like 50 hours or so a week with the school system. I was like, that would be great. So I, I stopped and 
then COVID hits, and now everybody in the world now needs rural broadband. You know, like it's it's basically fiber internet with rural co-ops, yeah. electric co-ops, and then there's billions of dollars on that. So now my job goes from 10 or 20 hours a week to 60 hours, 70 hours a week driving around the southeast. I didn't want to do that. I was supposed to be able to do it from my house. <laughs> and then yeah. when I needed, go. But only when I needed. Well, then when I needed was every day. So that wasn't the deal, and that wasn't what I wanted to do. So, yeah, it was a great chance. You helped me out a ton, and then I could train you, and then I could leave. <laughs> and I got to leave and leave it with you. So that worked out great. Yeah, and it's just such a blessing, too. Cause... And Robert's been great with it, but that, that helped me get out, helped him have somebody to take over because it's turned into a, a great business. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you've done a great job with it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it really wasn't like I was not looking to get into the fiber industry. It was really just I attribute it all to God. Like it just happened to be the right circumstances and God made that work. Um, And it's been such a blessing to work for Robert because a lot of the times you don't like your boss or you don't really even respect your boss on like a personal level. You know, they're. They could kind of be uh, obtuse or kind of a square in your opinion. Uh, I had one of those. Uh, but, man, I love Robert. Robert's awesome, and there's so many great qualities about him. Well, and you train together, so yeah, that makes it easier, together, too. We're, yeah. You know. yeah, I think anybody I train with, I tend to like more. And, and I, in general, I like guys that train with me to do the work for me because, for one – they're more loyal. And for two, they know what I can do to them. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always good. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, if you screw me, I mean, if you show back up now. Um, yeah. So it's kind of nice. You might get to choke your boss every once in a while. Cause you're a brown belt and he's, uh, he's a blue belt. Yeah. I, I, I tell probably, him I... probably take it a little easy on him. <laughs> he won't like that though. No, man. He, he wants, wants you to go hard. He wants all the smoke. It doesn't matter how much you get him. He will roll with you 30 minutes straight. And that's what's cool about him. Yeah. Dude, I love his style. Is take an ass whooping until they're too tired to beat me anymore and then tap them. Yeah. And I mean, that's. That's how it is with me and Robert every time. That's how it is, like man. 45 minute rolls and then. Like I was life. watching him last night or the other night and he's he's in a ball and I'm like, what is he doing? And then all of a sudden he popped out and he's on top. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Just he wore the guy out from you know, the guy's trying to the guy's trying to finish and he can't finish. And it's like, boop, there's head popped up. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it was all Robert's, the plan. Robert's got some endurance for sure. He does, man. But he's also tenacious when it comes to business. He's just oh, a yeah. go getter. He's a killer. He's a killer and I like, I learned a lot in business from him. Yeah, and it's kind of cool to work under somebody and see that. Because, you know, it kind of gets you up and going, too. You're like, well, I want to get after it as much as Robert does, you know. And It's also nice, like, that was one of the things with the taking that job because you're always taking ass chewings. And I'm not very good at that, and I don't really want to deal with those guys. But I knew if I ever wanted to, I'd just be like, screw you guys, we quit, we're out, I'm leaving. And Robert would be fine with it. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not going to take shit, so – it's nice that if I just really had to, and I wouldn't have done it if I just didn't. But just knowing that I could if I had to made me able to make it through it. Yeah. You know, like, I think if I thought I was stuck in it, I might have killed every one of them guys. <laughs> but the fact that I knew if I really wanted to, I could blow the whole thing up, he'd be fine with it. It made it all right. 
Co-ops can be, um, well, it, it is really your stereotypical small town. You know, everybody know everybody kind of kind of thing, except for now it's a power board, fiber board yeah. type thing, you know. And so um, they kind of expect you to sort of wait on them hand and foot and, and tell them everything's going to be all right. And, and well, they've never done it before. Yeah, they've never uh, done it before. But on the flip side, they think they know the right way. Right. <laughs> and now in, in a lot of ways are really great guys. Then the other is like, hey, we've done this 10 times and we do it with some of the biggest cities in, you know, in Chattanooga, you know, not, no, we want to do it this way. Well, you're in the middle of nowhere and you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, we understand that, but we still want to do it this way. It's like, yeah. okay, that's going to be a problem, but. It's fun in a way because I am, I just enjoy problem solving and problem solving for people. I just kind of, that's my personality. I enjoy taking a problem and finding a solution. Um, so it really does play into some strengths for me in this role. Oh, I thought it was a great fit for you. And it look, it did two things. One, I felt like it got you in a lot better position. Oh, yeah. But two, I, I mean, I was helping out Robert as much as I was helping out you because I was like, well, he needs somebody and he's going to need somebody for a long time. And and so it made sense. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely worked out. Um, what do you guys got? Anything planned or any other any other topics? I, I feel like we could go in a lot of different directions, but uh, I got to get some lunch here soon. So anything else we're going to talk about? Otherwise, let's shut it down and go train and go eat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Good. Uh, well, I want to say I'm never going to see your 530 a.m. class, but guys, I appreciate you. You're part of the family. <laughs> if you ever want to see me, come to six. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad you're training with us. Glad you're part of the part of the team and and i appreciate grayson for for getting up there every day and running it it's it's been fun but uh we'll get out there and train everybody we'll see you next time see you guys